and for those that are maybe comfortable that they would be uh, uh, shaken and, and even disturbed, but for those that are, are, are in a difficult place that they would be comforted and encouraged, that you would come and lead us and move us on from where we are right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, just as we start, I want to preach this morning on finding your strength in the Lord, finding your strength in God. Um, as I do, as um, Derek was saying, I have, we've had, been traveling quite a bit. Uh, we were based here for a long time. We were, uh, had the privilege to lead the, uh, the, the, the congregation, uh, lead the team, uh, leading, and then we handed over, when it was about a year and a bit ago, quite a while ago now, a year and a half ago, actually. And, um, and so, yeah, and so it's been great. We've been traveling a lot. Uh, we've been, I've been here, but we've also been away. We were in Zambia. Um, for 11 days, and it was wonderful being in Zambia. I got to minister into Ashley's father, leads a church, a group of churches in Lusaka called Gospel Central, and had a chance to go and minister into that, those churches, into another church down south, and uh, it was very cool being in Zambia. Zambia. And uh, there's a lot of, yeah, anyway. So Zambia was a wonderful country. It's really a wonderful country. It's good to see the country doing well. There's a lot of uh, infrastructure and building. I know Josh and Evelyn come from Zambia as well. Who else comes from Zambia here? Any other Zambians in our midst? Have I missed anyone? No other Zambians in our midst. Um, and then I was in Port Elizabeth um, in the Eastern Cape, ministering there for a few days as well. And we've been a lot in, in, the, in the Cape Town area, so it's nice to be back for, for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So let's dive in. And, um, you know, I want to start off with an illustration, and then I want to look at some scriptures this morning about what it means to find your strength in God. Um, and especially, it's something that I think we need to hear ongoingly, because our lifelong pursuit is a pursuit after the Lord, and us being low and Him, him being high. You know, we sang that this morning, Lord, may I be low, 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 and you be lifted high. But that's a lifelong pursuit. It's something that doesn't happen just on a Sunday. It happens for the rest of our lives as we, we seek Him and find our strength in Him. Um, but I want to start with an illustration. You know, in the United Kingdom, one of the sports that they practice, at, at least they did for many, many years, was the sport of animal hunting, deer hunting, where there were these groups of um, people, normally men, that would get onto their horses with their guns and their dogs, and they would hunt deer around the countryside. And the dogs that these hunters would have were, they used to breed a special kind of dog called a deer hound. And the deer hound was like a greyhound, and you know there's greyhounds, but it was quite a big dog, very fast, very powerful, and the, gray, the deer hound would run after the deer, chase the deer, while the hunters on their horses would follow behind so that they could go and then um, catch the deer. And I want to read a story to you just as an illustration as you start. And it's from a guy called um, A.C. Dixon. And he says, a dear friend of mine who was quite a lover of the chase told me the following story. Rising early one morning, he said, I heard the baying of about 20 deer hounds in pursuit of their prey. Looking away to a broad open field in front of me, I saw a young fawn making its way across and giving signs, moreover, that its race was nearly over. Reaching the rails of the enclosure, this little fawn, little deer, leaped over and crouched within 10 feet of where I stood. A moment later, two of the hounds came over, 
when the fawn at that moment ran in my direction and pushed its head between my legs. I lifted the little thing to my chest and swinging round and round fought off the dogs. I felt just then that all the dogs in the West could not and should not capture that little deer after its weakness had appealed to my strength. So it is when human helplessness appears, appeals to Almighty God. Don't you love that? And you know, we have the hounds of when we are in the faith, although that God is for us, and if God is for us, who can be against us? But we live in a real world where they are the dogs and the hounds of sin, of the world, of temptation, of the flesh within us, of the devil that comes to bay at us, to attack us, to want to take us down, to discourage us, to disillusion us in our faith, to isolate us actually from other believers. And how much more, just as that little deer put its head between the legs of this man that was watching all of this unfold, in the same way that God would want us to put our head in, in a sense, between him and hold on to him and find our strength, even in our own helplessness. And, you know, the Bible says, Psalm 46 verse 1, says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And one of the things that I want to go back to this morning is look at this aspect of what does it mean for God to be our strength and how do we find our strength in the Lord? How do we find it in Him? How, how do we actually in Him become strong um, and find our strength with the fact the Bible says that God is our strength? What does it mean? And I want to look at that this morning. And I think why I want to look at it as, as well is because I think we need to be reminded that as we live in a world that, you know, it... Um, pushes the thing of independence. We value men and women that are, are self-made men and self-made women. We value the fact that if someone is strong and believes in themselves, and we have all of what media teaches, we somehow forget that actually God doesn't want us to be strong in ourselves because we boast then in our own strength. And by the way, our strength can never save us. Um, it is God's strength that we need, and it's, we, we rely on him. And the very fact of following Jesus and being a Christian means that I have to find my strength in the Lord. He has to be my refuge and my strength. And I, I meet too many Christians that actually, if we're honest, we rely on ourselves too much. And we don't always rely on the Lord like I think he wants us to, in a way that would honor him and please him. And, uh, you know, we live in a world that has great thoughts of men. You know, we live in a world from our perspective that sees people as great. Um, you just watch the movies. But from God's perspective, he sees the world where he says we are like dust. We are weak. We cannot save ourselves. While you exist for a moment, the Bible says you're like grass that appears and then gone the next day. And so we need his strength. What does it mean to appeal to the strength of God and to walk in his strength? And so I want to look at a number of points of how we are to be spiritually strong, right? And so let's look at the first one of how it is that the Lord would want to make us spiritually strong. Number one, he makes us spiritually strong. Firstly, God is our strength through our relationship with Jesus. That's the first thing. He is our strength 
through our relationship with Jesus. And I want to start with a well-known scripture. Um, It's so well-known. I actually, I don't think I've ever preached from the scripture before. Philippians 4.13. If you've been a saved for a long time, you probably have this scripture on the bumper. You've probably had this bumper sticker on your car if if you got saved in the 80s or the 90s. Or you probably have it down on, as a fridge magnet on your fridge. Or you probably have it on your Bible if you've had it in the past. This is such a well-known scripture. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But it's such a misquoted scripture. It's a scripture that gets misused so much. You know, someone called it the Superman scripture. I can do all things. And I think what we do is we focus so much on I, I can do all things. I am the one that is able to overcome and and be strong, and I am the one. And our world puts emphasis on the I rather than the through him who gives me strength. And actually the context is not to do with that you can do anything. The context is to do with that you have to be content in every situation, even when things are going bad, God is able to sustain you and hold you and keep you. And it says here that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And you see, it says through who? Through him, through Christ. That's the context. Through Christ who strengthens us, we can, we can do, but he, he strengthens us. How does God strengthen us? Through Jesus. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does it mean to appeal to his strength or to lean into him or to rely on his strength when we are weak and we are in trouble? What does it mean? What does it look like? And one example I want to give you through this is is as we have a relationship with Jesus, as we are, are drawing near to him and loving him and spending time with him, there's something of a strength that comes to us as we do so. And sometimes, you know, the simple question is, well, how is your prayer life? Um, how is your prayer life? Like, how are you doing in the life of prayer? Because if we want to be strengthened, a relationship with Jesus happens through a life of prayer, through times of prayer, finding him, seeking him. And there's a cool scripture in the Old Testament where it speaks of David in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. And um, it's this little snapshot into the life of David. And you know, David for us is a kind of prototype Christian. He's, a, he's like a, a believer that was, he was before his time. David was a man that was filled with the Spirit, like, like we are supposed to be. He knew the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord. But something happens to him, and I want us to look what happens to him, and how David is able to be strengthened through his relationship with the Lord. And I want you to see how this works practically. Look what it says here. And it says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Why? Because all the people were bitter, people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and his daughters. And I just want to stop there. And so if you read actually the whole chapter, you see that um, the Amalekites, these bad guys, came in and they had basically stolen all the women or they had um, 
taken all the women and the children. They had, they had taken them from David's camp before he was the king of Israel, where he was living, with his group, a group of people. And the Amalekites had come, and he, they had taken these individuals, taken the women and the children. And the men f were so upset, they blamed David. They said, David, you are to blame because of your lack of leadership. And at that moment, they wanted to literally kill him. Uh, if, if you've been a leader in, uh, you know, in work or in church, have you ever had someone try to kill you or a group of people? None of us, I don't think. Okay? But this is what had happened to David. And it says that David was greatly distressed because his very people wanted to turn away from him, wanted to kill him, wanted to attack him. And, um, and what does he do in that time? He's under, under pressure. He's in trouble. Um, what does he do in that moment? Look what it says here. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself. And it says that he found strength, basically, in the Lord his God. How did he do that? And it's almost like there's a bit of a paradox here. It says he strengthened himself. It's like, but how did he strengthen himself? He strengthened himself in the Lord. Right? How do you do that? What well, means that when you're feeling weak and you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling distressed or you're in a place where you know you need the strength of the Lord, which is actually all the time, but there's times when you're in a valley or you're in a deep place, you've got to go and strengthen yourself, but you have to do it in the Lord. And what that means is mean that somehow God doesn't do it all and, you know, you just sit there and you wait. No, 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 no. David actively, in a sense, participated with God. And he said, I am going to, I need to be strengthened. I've got to dig my own well. I can't rely on others to maybe encourage me, even though I need that. We need encouragement from others. But at that point, there was nobody around him to encourage him. He was all alone. What do you do when you're all alone and you can't call on someone in a sense? What, what do you do? And, and you go to the Lord and you go and you find him and you go and you dig and you go and you find him in a sense. You, it's like you wrestle with him. And there's something of that in our walk with God is, is, is this, this thing of, of that God wants to grow us, that we can know how to find our own encouragement, even sometimes when other people aren't around. Um, our encouragement in the Lord and our strengthening in the Lord, in, in God. And I find, so often we, you know, I, I find, I sometimes, when I'm discouraged, if I'm honest, uh, or I need to find strength in God, is I turn to other things, rather than I turn, if I'm tired, and I'm emotionally drained from life, what I find is I sometimes turn to TV. Any of you done that before? I'll turn to, like, that favorite series that I've been wanting to watch, and I'll find strength and comfort in something, or I'll turn to food. Ah, oh, I just need a braai. I will need braai. Not that I braai very often, but I'm saying maybe for some of you. Or you turn to shopping. You know, some of you are, are you know, you, you're, con you, what is it, consumer therapy. You know, where it's like, I just need to go to the mall. You know, it's like you, you're emotionally down and you're struggling. What do you do? You, 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 go, you turn to something else. And what does David do? Because David was a godly man. He turned to the Lord and he found strength in God. How long did it take for him to find strength in God? It doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us that, did it take him five minutes? 
It doesn't tell us. It might have been that David had to pray and pray and pray. It might have been that he had to take an hour or a period of time and say, Lord, I really need you right now, and I'm going to dig down deep into you, and I'm going to call out to you and cry out to you because I need strength from heaven. And I think sometimes, you know, I know I do, is I give up sometimes too easily. Like, I, I want to pray, and then it's like the heavens are brass. And then it's like, okay, I prayed, but there's nothing. Okay, let me go and watch the news. <laughs> let me go to the shops. Let me go buy ice cream. Okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and I find the skill that it takes, that as we mature in the Lord, the skill that it takes is there's a skill in this of how David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God, that somehow he took initiative, but he was able to find the grace of God in that moment. That's the first way, is through a relationship, through him who strengthens us. How does he strengthen us? As we come to him, as we find him, as we seek him, um, he strengthens us. The second thing we find here, how, does, how do we find the strength of God? Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says that, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his what does it say then? Everyone say, His Spirit in your inner being. All right? And we think of the, the disciples when they were at Pentecost, scared and timid, hiding in the upper room. And then they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they get filled with boldness, authority, power, strength in the Lord. And sometimes we just need to be open to say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Oh, Lord, would you come and strengthen me? And so strength comes through the indwelling of the Spirit. Let's look at the third one. I want to go through a few of these. The third one is through hardship, through hardship. And this is one that has been a wrestle for me because part of this there involves great mystery and great... Um, but we, let's have a look at this. Through hardship and weakness, how does God give us strength? And let's look at this... Um, a scripture in 2 Corinthians 12, and David, uh, sorry, Paul, is, uh, is writing, and he's writing, and actually I want to encourage you that go again, and when you get time to go and read 2 Corinthians, what you find is 2 Corinthians is a book, it's actually an autobiography of the life of Paul, where he shows and shares his heart in a way that is like um, very profound. In fact, the, the, if you read the letter of 2 Corinthians, you find that although this man was a great apostle, but he was a man that struggled with weaknesses, and he struggled with doubt, and he struggled with pressure, and he struggled with um, things that he had to work through. And the whole book is a book of great honesty and a book of great insight into his inner world and his inner life. And we see this, that he's writing about how he has this experience with God where he ends up going to the third heaven and he has a revelation that he says was so profound that he cannot speak about it. He says he cannot utter what he heard in the heavens when the, when the Lord took him up into his presence. But he writes further on and he says, So to keep me from being conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, so in other words, to keep him from becoming proud, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, 
to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness. I am content with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is such a profound scripture. And one, I want to say that generally it messes with our box and our theology completely. Because how do we fathom the fact that God would be the kind of God that would give Paul a thorn? Would give him a messenger of Satan and that that, that thorn, whatever that is, and there's been a lot of debate, what is the thorn that Paul was speaking about? What was this thing that, that he carried, this weakness about him or this, this, this suffering upon him, this hardship that he was facing that made him, that kept him humble and in a position of weakness? What was it? And there's been a lot of debate over the years. Was it something physical? Was it something spiritual? Was it something um, to do with on the outside? Maybe there was a difficult person. I know someone once said maybe it was his mother-in-law. <laughs> but he wasn't married, so it couldn't have been, right? <laughs> no, we love our mother-in-laws. I love my mother-in-law dearly, actually. She's not here, but she's a, an amazing woman. So I do thank God for her. What was it? And the fact is, no matter what it was, sometimes, I want to say, the Lord would allow thorns into our lives to keep you and I from being strong in our own strength and from relying on our strength. And interesting, it says this, that three times he cries out to the Lord for the Lord to remove it from him. Three times he pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord, and then, and then interesting, on the three times, you know that Jesus prayed three times. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was going through his moment of trial before the cross. And in that time, three times he prays, actually, it mentions three times, and Jesus prays, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so as Paul prayed three times, he's really echoing Jesus that also prayed, Lord, with this suffering, with this hardship, with this thing that I'm going through, would it be removed from me? And interestingly, both with Jesus and with Paul, the Lord's answer to them is not that he would take away the thorn or the suffering or the cup that they were to drink. It wasn't that at all. In fact, I want to say that when God doesn't remove hardship from your life, he still will promise to give you power and grace. That's what he does. And so it might be that he says, actually, I'm keeping this thing in your life to keep you from becoming conceited. Why does God do that? I don't know. I'm not God. But in the wisdom of God, I want to say that we do not rule our own lives. He does. And if God has grown you and if God wants to humble you and break you, then so be it. And interesting with Paul, you know, his whole mentality is not like, okay, okay, I've got this difficulty in my life, and I've prayed for God to take it, and he hasn't. His attitude is, you know, I'm not going to now, I'm a Barrett, okay, oh, I've got this thing, whatever it was in his life. 
And I'm going to put up with it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put up with it. No. You know what he says at the, end, at the end here in verse 10? I love what he says. He says, for the sake of Christ, I am content with weakness. What? You know, the, the word actually means to delight in weakness. So he didn't just put up with suffering. He actually delighted in it. He didn't just put up with hardship. He actually found delight in it because he knew that when he was weak, God's strength would be made available to him. In fact, he goes even further in Romans 5 verse 3. He goes further and he says, I rejoice in my sufferings. How's that? You're like, no, suffering must go from me. In Jesus' name. What? But he says, no, 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 you misunderstand the ways of God. And we want suffering to be, we think that suffering is a sign of God's displeasure. Or hardship is a sign that maybe I've sinned or I've done something wrong. No, 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 no. Paul's attitude, at least, not always, but his attitude that when he knew he was in the will of God and things were still hard, he understood that Christ, God wanted to do work in him. God wanted to say, my son or my daughter, I'm going to take your strength, and I'm going to take your strength, and I'm going to replace my, your strength with my strength. I'm going to replace, I'm going to take your strength and make you weak, but that I can be strong and that Christ could be glorified in your life. I want to ask you, what are the thorns in your life maybe that you're facing right now? Do you have any thorns in your life? That maybe you've prayed. They're not sin. I'm not saying that you're like, well, pornography is a thorn, man. You know, I just keep watching porn and it's like, no, that's, that's a sin. That's not a thorn. Okay? These are things that maybe you, because uh, God wants us to overcome, right? He still wants us to overcome sin. I'm not saying that we are now letting life be. But sometimes there are things that are unavoidable. Maybe for you it's a difficult boss or a difficult teacher at school. Any of you had difficult teachers at school? Team, hey, don't put up your hand. TMT students are putting up their hands. I teach them all the time. Maybe it's Deborah, you thinking. <laughs> Maybe it's a difficult boss. And it's, like, it's not sad. It's just like this person is there in your life and he's making or she's making your life miserable. Maybe that's what the Lord is saying for a season. I need you to, I actually want to put you under a soul. I want to put you under someone who is so difficult to work with, but actually I need to shape the image of Jesus in you. And the only way I can do it is sometimes by putting a thorn in your life. Maybe for you it's, a, it's, it's, it's difficult at home. And there's a home challenge that you've tried everything, but it's like there's certain things that haven't changed. It could be that the Lord is allowing that to shape you. Maybe for you it's a physical challenge of your health. And you know, we know that we practice healing, we believe in healing, we see God heal, and we will pray for everyone who needs prayer for healing. But somehow in the mystery of God, and in the wisdom of God, sometimes not everybody gets healed. And sometimes the Lord uses that, not sometimes, all the time, to actually to kind of shape us into the image of Jesus. Have any of you read the story of... Um, uh, Joni Tata Erickson. Do any of you know her story? Joni Tata Erickson. Uh, she was a woman when she was, I think, about 18 years old. Strong, intelligent, 
um, a leader in her, among her peers. She, was, she had the, the, the world ahead of her. I think she was actually a bit older. And she was swimming on holiday with her friends when she dived into a, um, I think they were at the beach and they dived into a rock pool. And as she dived into a rock pool, she, there was a, she didn't see the rock, and she dived head first onto a rock and she broke her neck. She was a believer, she loved the Lord, and she didn't get healed. She has spent her life in a wheelchair, as a, as a you know, paralyzed essentially from for most of her body. Is, she's got no feeling or movement in her body. And I want to encourage you to read her story. She's world famous because she's an example of someone that although God didn't heal her there, but he has used her weakness to show his strength. And she's a woman that testifies of God. When you listen to her, you are humbled by the mercy and by the grace of Jesus. Sometimes, my friends, God's ways are not our ways. And we run away from hardship, and yet God's way, some of his means is sometimes to, to when I'm weak. And so when are you strong? Sometimes when you're weak. You know, have you ever experienced that? The time you're at your weakest, that's the time when God is nearest, if you allow him. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it wasn't. But it's the ways of the Lord, because he knows that human strength cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Let's look at the next one. So we find that in Jesus, through hardship and weakness, and I'll share one more with you. There's actually many others, but it's through the church. Through the church. Acts 14, 21 to 22. And so strength comes to us. I love this. When they, this is Paul and Barnabas, they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith. I love that. And part of the being the church is mean, means that we can come and we can strengthen the souls of one another in the Lord, encouraging us to remain in the faith. Do you need encouragement in the faith? I know I do. And thank God that God doesn't put us alone and that he puts people around you that can encourage your soul in the faith. And while there are times that, that you, you don't have anyone around you and you need to find it in the Lord, we always need to find it in the Lord, but thank God he doesn't leave us alone. Amen? Thank God that he doesn't do that. And I want to encourage you um, this morning with, are you allowing others to strengthen your soul in God? Have you allowed that? Have you, are you opening it? And one of the values we have as a church, you know, as Wellington Congregation, as Josh Jen, is the value of accountability, is the value of openness, is the value of sharing our weakness. And, and something that I was convicted of while I was preparing for this, I thought the Lord challenged me. And I want to I wanna actually just confess this to, to you this morning, is that I realize that often I'm, I'm, I'm so good at actually finding my encouragement from the Lord. I'm very good at tapping into him. If I'm struggling or I'm disillusioned or discouraged, I, I know how to go to God. I know how to find him. But as I was preparing that, I realized that I, actually I'm not very good at sharing my weaknesses with my brothers and my sisters and those who, who actually God has put around my life for me to be open and transparent with. And I want to say I'm not very good at it. I'm not. I need help 
to learn to receive encouragement from people. Not because I'm not necessarily leading well, but there are times that God ordains that our weakness must be shared with one another. We've got to share it with one another, my friends. And, I'm, and I think the, 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 the thing of us becoming the body of Christ means that we share our weaknesses with one another. We pray for each other. We pray for healing. We pray for encouragement. Why? He says here, because, I love this, that we must enter the kingdom of God through many tribulations. Who are you sharing your weaknesses with and sharing your life with here in the congregation? Who are you accountable to? Who knows not just the good parts of you, but who knows the bad parts of you? Who knows the parts of you that are like, you know, it's like, they see the, but then, you know, there's the other side that is like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I can't let anyone see that part of me. Will they love me? And you know, we will love you as you are. And so, in closing, let's close. Let's take off my jacket here. All right, and in closing this morning, um, I want to go back to another picture of the deer in Habakkuk, and let's close with the scripture, Habakkuk 3, verse 18 to 19. And um, it says this, and that, by the way, Habakkuk is also wrestling with God. He was a prophet, but he was going through his own struggles in the nation that he was in, seeing everything that was happening in his nation, and he's praying this, and he says this. This is a magnificent portion of Scripture. Again, the whole context is, you know, though there, there's no cattle in the store, I'm going to praise God. Though there's no fruit on the vine, I will praise him. And he, it's a statement of faith. But he ends that section with this. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. Love, I love that. Let's say it again. God the Lord, it's, he says, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. And he makes me tread on my high places. And you know, he says here that when God is your strength, the promise is that he will make your feet like the feet of a deer. What's so special about that? You know? And the deer in the Old Testament, what made a deer so amazing is their agility and their balance. If you actually get onto YouTube and you YouTube mountain goat or mountain deer, one thing you see is you find them, they have an ability to climb up mountain ranges, often on very steep angles and very dangerous terrain, and they skip up the mountains because they have incredible balance and agility. They don't fall. In fact, there's a thing going around on YouTube, and I encourage you to watch it, of these um, kind of, they're more, go, I don't know what they're, they're ibexes, I think they're an ibex. And they climb on the sides of dam walls. You know these massive dam walls? They climb on the side of the dam walls where the, the brick just falls out, and they climb there with sheer drops, like hundreds of feet below, to eat um, because they lick the, the salts residue off the walls. And you see these goats hanging literally on the side of these, these damn walls. Ha! Because, because God has designed them to, to have agility and balance, to know how to traverse the heights, know how to escape from the lions. You know, in the same way, when God is our strength, 
we become like the deer. And you might find yourself in a dangerous place. God is there with you. And he will be your strength as we find our strength in him. And so I'd love us to pray together and um, pray into this. So let me, let's pray. Praise you, Father. Oh, we love you this morning. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we want to just look to you this morning. We want to make ourselves weak before you. Think of that scripture in the Psalms that says that God does not delight in the strength of a horse or in the legs of a man. God does not delight in how strong and how clever you are and how powerful you are, how successful you are. God delights in those who put their hope in his unfailing love. It says God delights in those. He takes pleasure in those who fear him. And Lord, this morning we want to come before you. We, wanna, we want to have the pleasure of God in our congregation, in our, us as a spiritual family, in us as individuals before you. We want to have the pleasure of God. But Lord, we thank you. Your pleasure comes through our weakness. Oh, Lord, and we worship you this morning. We want to say, Lord, that we want to lean on to you. We, we depend on you. We want you to come and strengthen us. So that we would be those that would do great exploits for our God. And I want to pray for various groups of people this morning. I want to pray firstly for, if you're here today and you, uh, you're not a Christian. Maybe you go to church, you're here, but you're not a Christian. Or maybe you're religious, but you, you're not actually saved. You're not right with God. Maybe you've even backslidden far from him. And this morning, I want to say to you, Bible is clear that God would want you to be saved. And he loves you as you are. He says, I love you when you're my enemy and when you're a sinner. And I want to draw you to myself. And if that's you this morning, is there anyone this morning that wants to get saved? Anyone who wants to respond to Jesus? You want to turn away from your old life. Maybe you've been trusting in your strength. And this morning you want to come to the Lord. Is there anyone like that? I want you just to raise your hands. Mike, that's me. Anyone who wants to respond to the Lord? The Bible says if we believe upon him, we will be saved. Okay, then I want to pray for a second group of people. And um, Derek, do you want to come and share that scripture that you had? Um, Let me just, have you got it? James 5, 16. Mm. I need to get my glasses, sorry. So, yeah, um, just um, when, we, when we were in the services worshipping this morning, uh, I felt the scripture, but it felt so like ob in a sense. It felt a little bit like left wing, but I, I, I just submitted it to Mike. But in James 5, uh, it says over here, um, verse 15, and the prayer of faith. Well, 
will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Um, this morning in the prayer meeting, uh, we were um, having a prayer meeting. And I, f I felt, bef uh, Neil had a word, but before she spoke, I felt that the Lord wants to minister to the sick. And then Neil brought a word in the prayer meeting, and that word in the prayer meeting, uh, she felt certain physical things, and then she brought the word, and there's a lady, she's here, we prayed for her, and, and I felt there was a vein that the Lord wanted to break open here this morning, something that God wants to, to deal with um, in amongst us, and, um, and I really feel that we must just create a little bit of space for this, just a little opportunity for the moment, and I wonder... Mm, Yes, yeah, Mike, you maybe help me because I'm trying to position it, but yeah, Mike, maybe help me, just position that quickly. Okay. I think what Derek, he brought the scripture to me in the worship, and the scripture says that actually if you confess your sins to one another, you may be healed. And I think that's actually why I wanted you to share that, is because what does it mean? It means that we share our weaknesses with one another so that we can find our strength in the Lord and our healing in the Lord when we do it with one another. And, um, and I want us to pray for each other this morning, actually, that if you are here and maybe you are feeling weak or you have a thorn or something that you're needing the power of Christ, that maybe the Lord, maybe he'll take it away. Or maybe he says, actually, I might not take it away, but I'm going to give you grace and I'm going to give you power. Or maybe I'm going to heal you. Whatever it is you need, the Lord knows what you need. But it comes through as we pray for each other, as we share our weaknesses, as we say, actually, I'm here, I'm in this place, I need prayer. And, um, and so I'd like us to respond to that this morning, where we can pray for each other in this place. And um, so can we stand and let's, let's see how we can do this. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So who of you, let's keep our eyes open and look at, look at, look at me. <laughs> All right. Who of you this morning need prayer? Maybe you're feeling weak. And you, maybe even you, there's a thorn in your life that you don't quite know what that means. And I don't know either, but the Lord does. <laughs> but he promises that he will be strong. Who right now, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. If you need prayer, keep your hand up high. Okay, what I want the rest of us to do, if you're part of this church, and um, I, I tell you what, can those, ah, we're gonna, it's probably the easiest to say it where you are. Can I ask us to gather around each other? I want you to look around to those who've got their hands up. Look around, look around at your friends who've got their hands up, and we are going to pray for each other. If you need to confess your weakness or confess your sin, maybe that, that even healing will come this morning, that the Lord would come and bring healing, physical healing emotional something that you would need keep your hand up if you need prayer this morning come in and let's pray and i want you to pray for that person as as the lord leads you let's pray for each other and if anyone else anyone else needs prayer this is a wonderful opportunity for us to to do that anyone else this morning there's another lady with a hand up two ladies there three 
We can also pray. By the way, you can also, if you've got your hand up, you can also pray for someone else who needs prayer. And then you can pray for each other that way as well. Anyone else? Have we missed anyone? Okay, where's Raymond? Raymond. Where's Ray? Why don't you come and just lead us as well as we... Let me just play in the background as you...